0: We're going to go to verse number 36. When you get it, say Amen. Amen. And as they spake thus, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed. That they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that is, it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones. As ye see me have. And when he had said thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they believed not for joy and wonder, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And he Gave, and they gave him a piece of boiled, boiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These words which I have spoken unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So do it again, Lord. Amen. Amen. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, (coughs) and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, and ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. I take authority over anything and everything that would hinder this earth and we loose the mighty power of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus here appears before his disciples. He had told them something that was going to happen For a pretty good while before it ever took place. But they didn't comprehend what he was saying. He said, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. And in three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. This is where he's at. And he appears before them... And they're scared. They're frightened. You find many people that are scared of God. They're scared of Jesus. They're frightened of Jesus. Just like His disciples. And they knew Him because they didn't comprehend what He was saying. But I want to talk to us a few minutes this morning about Why Jesus came and did what he did. Because there was a day. And we've heard the story of Adam and Eve. And we've heard about the Garden of Eden. And how it was such a beautiful place. Everybody on the page right there. We've heard things like that. But there was something that happened that removed man out of that Garden of Eden. It was something that he did that caused it. And what he did to cause it has had an effect on every human being that would be born after him. Because all men and women came through Adam and Eve. So God spoke to them while they were in the garden and said something that was so profound to them. He says, of every tree that is in the garden, it's all got fruit on it. He says, you can partake of any of it that you want. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, don't touch it. Because the moment that you touch or partake of it, he says, you'll surely die. And there's something about just in human nature. When somebody tells you not to do something, why is it that I've got to explore this option? Which had a consequence that was tied to it. And God told him what the consequence was. But there's something about God. He wants people to be able to make their own choices. I don't want somebody else making my choices for me. Do you want somebody else making your choices for you? Even when it comes down to getting a hamburger or a piece of chicken. Sandy and I sometimes would be driving down the road What you want to eat? I don't care. What you want to eat? Anybody else ever go through them rituals? What you want to eat? What? (laughs) Fellow fella told me he was preaching one time and he said uh, he asked his wife that. She said, don't matter to me. So he pulled in there where he wanted to go. She said, I didn't want to eat here. (laughs) See, it don't matter until it matters. But when it matters, it matters. And it didn't matter to Adam right at that moment with what God had said. But it wasn't going to be long before it had a big effect on his life and Eve's life, the decision that he made. In fact, God told him, He said, the moment that you partake of that fruit from that tree, He says, you will surely die. Now, anybody in here think that God knows what He's talking about. And if God says something and He knows what He's talking about, it would do well. In fact there's a word in that it behooved. it would behoove us. It would be to our benefit to listen to what He says. So he protects of that tree and something happens that he had never experienced before in his life. He had always had fellowship with God, and it was sweet and wonderful. But when God came to fellowship with him after he had partaken of that fruit, we could call that a fruit of disobedience. He partook of that fruit, and something happened. God said, the moment you do that, he said, you'll surely die. And he didn't die, as we know it. But something happened that had never happened before. He was separated from God. So God was not just talking about physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. He had never experienced that. And now he was right in the middle of it. And sometimes we find ourselves right in the middle of something. Right in the middle of something we'd rather not be in. God prophesied while they were there in the garden. He said, there's one coming. And he looks at the enemy and he says, you'll bruise his heel, but he will crush your head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He prophesies But it's several thousand years before that comes to pass. Brothers and sisters, a lot of times we give up on God while God is in the midst of doing something that's phenomenal in our lives. Mm -hmm. Setting the stages for things to happen to bring things into a right place for us. And a lot of times we give up on God. But God prophesied that there was one coming while Adam and Eve was still in that fallen condition in that garden before they were expelled from the garden. And through generations, there's something that's being woven. Redemption is on its way. When God prophesies something, it's as good as done. Even though it takes time to get there. In the mind of God, it's done. So, Adam and Eve have two boys Cain and Abel. We know from Scripture that Cain kills Abel, Abel was righteous. Was unrighteous. So what does God do? He raises up another. Because God's plan will always what he prophesies will come to pass. If he said it he'll do it. If he spoke it he will bring it to pass. That's right. And all through the generations even when the There was such wickedness all over the earth. And it grieved heart, God's heart, that he had even made man to start with. You know, have you ever been in things that you say, I wish, I I was so looking forward to this, but it just ain't worth the trouble. And it just grieves your heart with some of the things that can happen, take place in your life take place in your family sometimes you scratch your head and say you know it just ain't it just ain't worth it. but I want to tell you something <clears throat> if we will keep our faith in God he will lead us through some places that we would prefer not to have walked but he will lead us out on the other side of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when we get on the other side of it we will be the better we will be the better There's a hope that a lot of times you can't see when you're right in the middle of something, but when you get on the other side of it, you see, look where God brought me through. So all through the generations, and even with Noah, when everybody was wiped out on the face of the earth through the flood, God sustained the line through which what he had prophesied in the garden would come to pass. And when Jesus was just about to be born in Bethlehem, the king catches wind of it, heard it through grapevine. And when he hears this, he tells them, he says, I want to come and worship But he doesn't care anything about worshiping. He wants to kill him. And God speaks to Joseph in a dream. And tells him. He says take and flee. And go to Egypt. When he does. The king still thinks that he's there. And there's hundreds of male children. That are killed. In the process. Because. The devil has always wanted to wipe out the plan of God. But you know something? The devil is powerless to be able to wipe out the plan of God when God has prophesied it. And if we will cooperate with it. But a lot of times we get caught up in what's going on just around us and we can't see very far off. And God says something to us. But if we will believe and put some faith in what he says, he will lead us through something to get us to the other side. So Jesus grew up and just a young man 30 years old he starts his ministry. 33 years old And he's got a death sentence on his head. Now, it's one thing to have a death sentence on your head because it's something that you've done to deserve it. It's another thing to have a death sentence on your head for something that you haven't done. How in the world could you want to kill somebody for wanting to help put a family back together? How could you want to kill somebody because they healed your child? How could you want to kill somebody because they opened up your ears when you couldn't hear? How could you want to kill somebody when you were blind and now you could see? How could you want to kill somebody when you were hopeless and he brought you hope? But they did. Because that's how the the enemy can twist and distort people's mind to get them to believe a lie, to, to, to choose. Because those choices are still just like they were with Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. And we are confronted with them and faced with them every day of our life the choice. That's why he says, choose life and live. Because God's always got life attached to him. Amen. He's always got a way out. It might not be the way that you would choose. But he's always got a way out. Amen. And he knows how that these here puzzles and things that try us and tempt us in life. He knows the way out of it. He knows the way through it. And if we will trust him, he will lead us through it. Some cases, he will deliver you from it. Now, Jesus' greatest thing that he was ever faced with in life, he wasn't delivered from. He went through it. But he went through it for a reason. He went through it so that we wouldn't have to go through it. And if we will accept what he did, he can save us from a lot of grief. Yeah. <clears throat> and a lot of hurtful places in life if we will simply listen to him and follow his lead. Now, here's one. I'm going to use this as an example. Because a lot of times, people are praying about something for God to do something, (coughs) and God's speaking to their heart the whole time, and then they're going with their idea instead of listening to what he said. There was this lady... That called up on this phone line, and it was a counseling thing that was that was taking place. And she was she was mad at God because she had went to a certain part of town, and what had happened while she was there, she got mugged and they stole her personal. And said that she was praying the ninety first psalm, and. That She was believing God that nothing would happen to her because of what the word said. And as this fellow was talking to her, he said, his heart was just going out to her because she knew she was, she was just in a bad, bad place and was really mad at God. And as she talked, she said these words. You know, I had an uneasy feeling on the inside that I shouldn't have done that. That I weren't supposed to go. But I knew I could stand on the 91st Psalm and I would be alright. Let me throw another scripture in the equation that's just as powerful as the 91st Psalm. And it is... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So God be speaking something to us all along on the inside and then we override it and go on and do what we wanted to do anyway. And sometimes through those decisions right there, they hell to pay. And a lot of times we get in a place and we blame God because... He didn't deliver them. One of the greatest deliverances that God can have is him speaking to us and we listen to what he says. Something just out of place. I heard about this man that was on an oil rig. And in the, on these oil rigs they had a cable that, that went across them. I don't don't understand all the mechanics of it. But this man was a believer. And he said he had a dream that night. And he saw that cable snap and cut his head off. The next day, he told the boss man, he said, I'm not going up there on that rig today. Somebody else says, sorry, I'll go up there. The cable broke. He could have hair Thank God he listened. But that other man was so proud yep. in his decision. You know, a lot of times we, we talk ourselves into things to do things, <laughs> and we say, You just a chicken. And that's why you won't do it. You just too scared to do it. And a lot of times, so-called friends will be the ones that egg us on to do something that, that, in better judgment, that we know that we shouldn't do. And then we say, why didn't God get me out of that? And the truth of the matter is, he was speaking pretty loud on the inside, and either I didn't know how to listen to him, or, or I overrode it. See on some of these cranes that they, that they work with, when something gets at a place where the computer says that it's unsafe to do it, or if something's not working just right, that has got a button that you can hit, and it says override. And in the override you can override the the judgment of that computer. Because sometimes the computer is wrong. Sometimes there's glitches in it and things that happen. But sometimes it's right. Now I'm not comparing us to a computer. Because the Spirit of God on the inside of you is phenomenal. And He speaks to us that way. And brothers and sisters, it would be wise for us to pay attention to what that spirit on the inside of us is saying. And to follow after him because he will keep us out of a lot of places. He can keep you from getting kicked out of the garden. He can keep you from something horrible taking place in your life. He might even use you to be of an influence on something to help something from happening in somebody else's life. But you know one of the things that I have found out in life? It is hard to unscramble scrambled eggs. (laughs) Was anybody else ever find that? Mm -hmm. It's hard to unscramble scrambled eggs. But thank God. He's wise enough. He's smart enough that he can have a whole different recipe to be able to do something (laughs) with it. Because God is just amazing like that. That brings us to where we're at right here this morning. See, the choices that we've made have put us right here. And it's the choices that we make that will take us on. And it's important for us to learn to listen to what God says because some of the horrible places that we've walked through, some of them have been of our own choosing and our own making. But I am so thankful to God that he's not like some of us as parents. And uh, some of our famous last words is like this. I told you so. I told you that was going to happen. you say that. We shouldn't have to. What we need to do is to learn to Listen. And through the learning to listen, we save ourselves from a lot of grief. But I've also found this out in life. You can't live in nobody else's head. Everybody else wants to make their own decisions just like you want to make your own decision. And you can't take the responsibility for what their decision was. But a lot of times that the enemy will, will come to us and tell us that we ought to take that grief. We ought to take that grief like we can do something about it besides go crazy. Because that's what he, his plan is to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now I want you to notice something about Jesus. This one that was prophesied about in the garden. This one that the king tried to take out when he was a baby. The enemy can't take out the plan of God. Because light is always going to triumph over darkness. And right is always going to triumph over wrong. Now we live in a society that looks like it's just twisted. And it's not like that. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God's got the final say. And he knows what he's talking about. And a lot of things that are happening is things that's just been prophesied. But God still has a plan. And God had a plan then, and God's got a plan now. And I tell Sandy, and I want to rehearse this again, because I want to leave us with this thought. When I come in from fellowshipping with them, now, I want to explain this so that she won't think that we live in two houses or I'm outside. <laughs> when we get up in the morning, I walk out of the bedroom and I close the door. That's Sandy's zone. That Sandy's and the rest of the house is my zone. And she does her thing and I do my thing. But after I'm through doing my thing, see, what I'm talking about is I fellowship with the Lord the way I want to fellowship with Him. I fellowship with the way that I feel led in my heart to fellowship. And I leave that space for her to be able to fellowship with the Lord the way that she feels led. But afterward, I come back in the room. I open the door and I walk in. And she's over there in in the chair. And she looks at me and I I look at her. And I say, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. See, I need my day started off like this. I need to be thinking, you know, there's a lot of things that the devil would want to say to you. The enemy would want to say of who you are. You just ain't no count. God don't love you. You ain't nothing but a mess up. I refuse to listen to junk like that. I just refuse to. I don't start my day that way. So I come in the room and I look at her and I say, I lean over toward her and I say, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Now I'm going to tell you why. When God tells you who you are, you can bank on it. When the devil tells you who you are, you better kick it out. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. She said, who does he tell you you are? (laughs) That's a fair question. I said, he tells me I'm redeemed. She says, what is that? Redeemed. See, in the garden, when God told Adam, he says, the moment that you partake from the fruit of that tree, he said, you will surely die. And from that moment, that that touch and that bite was there, he was separated from God. And everybody that followed him was separated from God because... We partook of his nature. You know a lot of times, you know, there's people that are, there's babies that are born that never knew their parents, their biological parents. I've seen people that found, found out about them years later in life, and sometimes it's amazing some of the facial features and all that they would have, some of the characteristics that they would have. Have you ever heard, of, heard a statement like this? The apple doesn't fall far from a tree, the apple doesn't fall far from a tree. So the effect of Adam had an effect on all people that followed. But Jesus is called in the scripture, in the New Testament, the second Adam. For what the first Adam messed up, the second Adam came to fix it. You say, well, the devil, the devil took him out. You know what Jesus said? The devil can't take me out and nobody else can't take me out. These are my choices. And I choose to go through what I'm going through because there was something that Jesus saw when he was going through everything. And he saw that David was going to be delivered. He did that for me. And he did that for you. you. And for the lies that the devil has taught to you all of your life or in different times in your life and tell you it just ain't going to work. You just ain't no count. I was thinking about as we were singing one of those songs this morning. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Now, I guarantee you, There's people that's in this church right now that the devil talks to you and says, you don't belong there. You ain't got no place there. You don't fit. But Jesus says, in my father's house, there's a place for you. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. When he tells me I don't have a place, that's a sure sign that you've got a place.
1: Amen.
0: If it's something that God is saying, the devil's talking just the opposite of it and wanting us to believe the lie rather than believe the truth because we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. So I said to her, I said, I'm redeemed. She said, what do you mean? you redeemed. I said, I was separated from God, but I ain't separated from Him no more. Jesus did that for me. See, brothers and sisters, I grew up in church. But there was a day when I was 15 years old (coughs) that I accepted Jesus. My own decision. My own decision to accept Him. And it has been the best decision that I have ever made in my life. Many years have come and gone. Fifteen has rolled around several times. (laughs) But I can promise you that that fifteen-year-old decision was still the best decision that I had ever made in my life. And that 15-year-old decision has had an influence on every other decision that I have made. And I thank God for it. You know, the only thing that I would wish that I would have done differently for not to wait 15 why did I have to be so thick to wait 15 years when I could have done it? And I hear hear of children that are five years old that accepted the Lord and know what they were doing. I said, man, I was a late bloomer at 15. (laughs) But God's a life changer at any age. Yes, he is. Amen. So I am who I am because the I am tells me I So I renew my mind by saying it every day. Jesus redeemed me. I was separated from God, but I ain't separated from Him no more. Christ. And I would encourage anybody, no matter how the course of your life is going, don't be separated from God. Do something about it. When I was in Oklahoma, they had a song that used to come on the radio. And the the song said, if I wasn't saved, you know what I would do? I'd get saved. If I weren't saved, I'd get saved. See, it's the most beautiful thing to to be in place with God. There was something that I told Diane several years ago. I said, you need to say this about yourself. She's not done. It. How do I know? She may have done it a few times. You know, a lot of times we don't get the picture. This ain't a pick on by him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. A lot of times we think of an alien. (laughs) No, we was an alien. We were separated from God. But he's made us a new creature in Christ. In Christ. And we need to get a picture of ourselves that I'm in Christ. And he made me a new creature. See, when Jesus gave his life and physical death and spiritual death and every phase of death he experienced it. And in three days he rose again. Triumphing over it in it. Death couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. And he put that nature in you. Now there's something I want to tell you about yourself. Death can't hold you either. Thank you. you know why? Because you're a new creation. Amen. You're a new creature. Thank you. You're a new creature. Thank you, Jesus. Death could hold you before, but it can't hold you now. So I made my decision at 15 years old. And there's some decisions that you make that you, sh- that you should stand by, and those decisions will stand by you for the rest of your life because they're made from the heart. And when you make a decision like that from your heart you've made it from down on the inside. You didn't make it because somebody (coughs) said this is the thing that you want to do. You did it because you made your own mind that that's what you want to do. everybody needs to make a quality decision like that. But that decision of following Jesus will have the biggest effect on your life. I talked to somebody just the other day and I said (coughs) "There's there's two major decisions that people need to put a lot of weight in. The first one is accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The second one is the person that they marry. Because those two things are two of the biggest influences in a person's life. You run with the wrong people, and you'll deal with the wrong things. You run with the right people. And you'll see things go differently. Now this is not a beat up for anybody. But I can promise you. It's better to go the right way. But let me say something else. Because you can't live in nobody else's head. As much as you think you're going to change somebody. How successful is somebody been at changing you? Say, so just like your granddaddy, he's just like his daddy. Or, he's just like grandma, just like your mama. I mean, the apple don't fall far from the tree. But thank God, his power can change some things can have some influence on some things in our lives. Now Jesus wants everybody to be a creature. He wants everybody to know Him. That's why He came. So that we could all have eternal life. But eternal life comes through a decision. Making a decision. So for me... I was listening to a tape one Sunday afternoon and while I was sitting there in that chair listening to that tape there was something going on on the inside of me I want to, I want to notice God that he's talking about I want to notice God that he's talking about I want to know you and they asked a question at the end said uh, anybody in here like to accept Jesus? See, Jesus is the way to the Father. Through accepting Jesus is the way you get there. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No person can get to the Father unless you come through Jesus. And I said, I do. They said, come here. And sit right on this footstool. So I was right on the footstool in the middle of everybody, right in the living room. And I asked Jesus to come in my heart that day. And David's Mm -hmm. life has never been the same. Because what did He do? He made him a new creature. He made him a new creature. Anybody in here like to be a new creature today? Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about a salvation message. Makes me want to get saved all over again. Oh, man, man. <laughs> a healing message just wants me to get in the presence of the healer. Mm-hmm. A deliverance message just makes me want to get in the middle of the deliverer, Right there where he's at. There's something about God. Just makes you want to be close to it. You know what? He makes me feel warm and fuzzy. He makes me feel good. I just love to be His presence. And I want to see people in His presence. Stand with me this morning. Father, thank you for your resurrection power. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and it quickens my mortal body. Holy Spirit, have your way in every person in this place today. Speak to hearts. Show us things about ourselves that we've not comprehended Holy Spirit show us things of the Father and Jesus that we've not comprehended I thank you Lord for the resurrection power that is at work in this place right now that's at work in my life I surrender myself to you I submit myself to you and to your ways. I'm tired of pushing my own way and trying to make everything happen in my own strength, in my own ability. And I look to you today you're the better way I pray your peace be upon each and every one as we go I speak the blessing of God over our lives nothing missing nothing broken nothing out of place in Jesus name Amen